Welcome to Ask Art, a podcast brought to you by me, Senator Art Haywood, where we will cover politics, policy, social justice issues, and everything in between. Hey, everybody, this is Art. Thank you so much for joining. Soon we'll be joined by Solomon Jones, Executive Director of Man Up. Solomon Jones has been a key leader in our community, not just from what he writes for the Inquirer and other newspapers, not just for leading efforts across the city to have community events during the summer, but Man Up is a mentoring program that's so important to help young men in particular get on and stay on a path of productivity. You may know that this mentoring effort is part of a larger citywide activity where mentoring programs are jumping up all across the neighborhoods. For several years, my office has sponsored an annual mentoring conference. And our mentoring conference is the last weekend in January and will be so again this year, January 29th. And I encourage you to join us. It will be virtual this year as it was last year. And we'll have speakers who will talk about trauma-informed virtual mentoring. It's got to be trauma-informed because we know so many of our young people are experiencing trauma. And obviously it's gotta be virtual given the spread of the COVID-19 virus. So I encourage you all to join Thank you so much, Solomon, for your leadership. And uh, wanted to ask you to share what's happening with uh, Man Up and the new opportunities that uh, seem to be coming your way. Well, thank you, uh, Senator Haywood. It's, it's always good to see you, and thank you for having me on. Um, Man Up PHL, of course, is a nonprofit that we started two years ago um, to deal with the issue of gun violence. Um, our strategy is to deal with it through mentoring and to really affect life at a time. We started it because a young man who went to school with my son, who at the time was 15, was shot in the head in South Philadelphia. Um, it impacted me greatly to see this young man lying in a casket with his school uniform on. I realized that he could have been my son or any of our sons. Um, and, and I knew that all of us could do something. And mentoring was the strategy that that we chose and so we have been doing this through the pandemic uh sometimes we had to do it online through facebook live um zoom calls sometimes we had to go to people's houses with masks on and uh, deliver some food or, or ppe in order to maintain the uh, connection with them and within the last year we started uh, a new strategy called listening to the streets where we bring in young men between 18 and 35 and we talk to them about gun violence. What are the causes? What are the effects and what are the solutions? Um, these are young men, some of whom uh, face gun charges, some of whom have been shot, all of whom live in communities where gun violence is a daily reality. And so we pay them a $240 stipend. We talk to them about three mentoring issues, job readiness, character development and conflict resolution, we bring in a, a therapist to do a, a group therapy session with them around trauma. Because what we realize is that most of what we are seeing 
is a result of trauma that the, the gun violence starts long before the trigger is pulled. Um, and talking to these young men about their experiences, what we've learned is that many of them come from environments where, you know, there is, uh, there is dysfunction at home, there is hopelessness at school, um, and, and they are living in a community where they're just trying to survive. And so some of the gun violence that we see is around fear. Um, people who, you know, they just want to live. They don't want to be the one who shot. Um, and so uh, some of it certainly around what we see on social media, um, beefs playing out through social media. Some of it exacerbated or made worse by uh, the music. There's a, a style of music called drill music that literally I call the soundtrack to murder. Um, it is music that, that both celebrates um, and, uh, and commemorates murders that happen in our community. Um, it is about real people in real cases that, that have happened. It, it was imported here from Chicago, but, but it's something that is really pushing uh, what is happening with this gun violence. But our young people have choices, man. And, and we are trying to let them know the kinds of choices that they have. And so in addition to the mentoring that we do through the Listening to the Streets program, we do listening. We, we listen to what they think, what, what, what they um, are experiencing, because I can't tell you what's happening on the streets right now. Maybe, maybe 30 years ago I could, but, but I can't now, but they can. And um, in order for us to come up with solutions, we have to talk to the people who are in it. That's what we do through listening to the streets. Uh, after our first uh, three or four cohorts, uh, our board chair, who is a professor at Drexel, put together a study on it. Um, and we were able to uh, share our findings with, uh, with the city and, and certainly with the state and with others who uh, are interested in this issue. Our next cohort starts on January 24th, that's Monday, and we pay each young man a $240 stipend uh, to, to uh, um, be with us at these eight sessions, and then we help them uh, if we can and if they are willing to get employment afterwards and we connect them with a mentor who will walk with them um, going forward as they face whatever issues they deal with in their community. And so that's what we've been doing at Man Up PHL. We are, um, we've been uh, blessed to be able to get some funding opportunities um, and uh, most of our funding, the vast majority of it goes to the young men that, that we deal with. Uh, but we are gonna be hiring a couple of community um, outreach consultants to, to work with us uh, so that we can get in touch with more young men. We are working through the First Judicial District and DHS um, has come on board. We're going to be meeting with them on Monday as well. So, you know, we, we have some opportunities, man, and, and we are grateful to be able to reach these young men and work with them and, and hopefully uh, change some lives. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. And um... I think exactly where we need to meet our young people, where they are. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what the 76ers have done? Uh, we saw some news reports. What's happening with that? So it was the Philadelphia Eagles, and they oh. gave us a $15,000 social justice grant. Uh, we believe that that the greatest social injustice is, is unemployment and the un inability to take uh, care of yourself. And so... We work with these young men to make sure that they have opportunities, no matter what their uh, position is. We've gotten young men who are on ankle monitors now into employment. 
um, and and continue to walk with them and work with them to make sure that they can not only get but keep those jobs um, so that they can have an alternative to the streets. It's one thing to say to somebody, take the gun out of your hand, but it's another thing uh, to say to them, here's something else to put in your hand. Um, we, we can't, you know, expect to, to just tell people what you're doing is wrong and, and don't give them an alternative. Um, that's ridiculous. They see it as ridiculous. And, and I agree with them. And so um, the Eagles have, have come alongside us, man, and have given us this $15,000 grant around the issue of, of social justice. And we're going to use that grant to pay these stipends to these young men and to provide them with employment opportunities um, so that they can have the opportunity to live. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And even though I messed up and mentioned the Sixers. We're looking at them, too. That's good. I mean, about <laughs> first first name came in my head was David Gould and what, they, what the Sixers can do to, to help yeah. out as well. Absolutely. So in terms of where you're um, doing the work uh, with the with these men, uh, c- citywide, Northwest, um, what can you tell us about the where of what you're doing? So we are working in the Northwest. When we first started, we were operating in four locations around the city. Um, that proved to be a lot um, because we are, for the most part, a volunteer organization. I volunteer my services as executive director um, and, and most of our key people are volunteers as well. Um, it was hard to do it in four locations. And so uh, what we've done with the help of our board secretary, Jeff Brown, um, is to uh, invite people to a central location. We work in the Northwest um, at uh, at one of his uh, locations, and that is where we hold our sessions with these with these young brothers. Um, and it's been exciting, man. It's it's been really exciting to see uh, all of the people who work with us really bring their their uh, resources and and their tools to bear. Uh, Jeff Brown, of course, our board secretary, gives us a location that we can work from in the Northwest. Uh, we work out of the the Sheltonham Shoprite. It's in your district, Senator. Uh, walking distance. So, that's walking distance from my house. That's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so we again we start our next session on Monday, and uh, we are looking forward to that. Um, but. We also have our board chairman, Brian uh, Ellis, who is a professor, a business professor at Drexel University, who once we began doing the listening to the street session, he said, look, let's take this opportunity to collect some data based on uh, these conversations that we're having so that we can really look at this, look at what the causes are, what the solutions are, um, and and really codify them in a way that we can share them with the world. And so over a period of six or so months, he was able to put together that study um, for us. Akbar Hassan, who's our uh, board treasurer, um, does financial literacy mm. with each one of the cohorts that we deal with. Because it's one thing to have a job, but it's another thing to know what to do with your money. You got to be able to bring your money home and pay your check, uh, pay your bills. And so, um, you know, just so many people just contributing to what we do. Um, and and again, we are going to be... Uh, hiring some other folks, man, to come in and to work with us on community outreach, volunteer coordination, and some other things so that we can grow what we do um, and reach even more people. Oh, that's that's tremendous. And 
Uh, we need to have uh, some further conversations about state grant opportunities for for not this year, but for next year. But uh, that's tremendous. Mm -hmm. I want to share something I was mentioning earlier in this call, in this Zoom, about um, violence at Chew and Sharpneck. Mm -hmm. And there's a group of guys there, uh, formerly incarcerated, uh, who started an organization, 17 with Life. Mm -hmm. All these uh, three men now have been incarcerated as a result of... Um, uh, tragic and violent crime, but they're out and doing good work in the community to reach back to young men. And so we're having a town hall that they are leading on Friday, mm -hmm. tomorrow evening at Pleasant Playground mm -hmm. for the purposes of having a community conversation about solutions, what can be done. I know there are a lot of ideas of what can be done, some more effective, some less effective. Right. What you are doing is clearly effective. Mm -hmm. And so I would ask you, A, do you have any advice for this new organization, 17 with Life, which is they are reaching young people, talking to them uh, who are likely shooters, trying to discourage them from shooting, uh, any advice, partnership opportunities, anything you would want to share with not just that group, but you know there are many other organizations across the city trying to do the same thing. Sure. Uh, what do you see as um, a way for them to go forward? Hmm. I think it's about consistency. Um, you know, when, when we mm -hmm. are working with these young men, they what they want to see is that you are not just somebody else who who was coming in and, and trying to see how you can benefit from their failures, uh, from their bad decisions, um, you know, from their mistakes, man. And we all make mistakes. Um, they want to see that that you are actually going to be there and that you are actually going to um, be somebody that they can depend on because they've had so many disappointments. Um, mm -hmm. They've had, you know, they've been in programs, they've been in therapy, like they've been through all of that stuff before. And so what they want to see from you is what's different about you. Um, and the first thing they want to see is, are you consistent? And so that's what I, uh, you know, um, tell all the uh, programs that are trying to do different things, man, in the community, help people. You got to be consistent because they looking at you and, and they want you to prove yourself. You know, you already know what what's going on with them, um, but they want to see what's going on with you. And so if you can be consistent um, that, that goes a long way. I think the other thing is that, um, you have to be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of us, you know, we don't, we don't really have people come and give speeches to our guys, man. We don't, you know, because they, that's not what's going to help them. What's going to help them is resources. What's going to help them is consistency. What's going to help them is accountability. Um, I think that it's great to have some brothers who have been through this thing, who can speak to this issue from their experience. I think that's a strength. Um, but I think that the first thing that we have to be able to do, man, is listen. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when we do that, we find out what people actually need rather than what we think they need. 
um, and, and we can move from there. And so listening, consistency, um, accountability. But then I think the other thing is, is this, you have to allow the people to help you, right? There's no way in the world that, uh, that I could do uh, what we do with Man Up PHL by myself. First of all, I got too many jobs. Um, you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't have time. I couldn't do it by myself. But but I am so grateful for the people who came alongside, man, and, and were willing to help, um, you know, not just our board members, but, you know, our volunteers and our volunteer coordinators and, and other folks who have come along. Sisters came along to help. When I initially put out the call, I said, look, I, I need men. I need men to come out. And sisters was like, yeah, whatever, we coming too. And they did. You know, you can't keep black women out, man. They they came anyway. <laughs> they came anyway. And and they said, look, we're here and, and we have something to contribute. And they absolutely have. Um, they've given us organization. Um, they, they have given us sharp ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. They have given us the ability to work together. Because uh, a lot of times with brothers, you know, we so busy competing with each other, it's hard for us to work together. Um, allowing some sisters to come in, man, and, and give you some organization um, and some help, it's, it's been a godsend for us. And so I would say to any organization that's run, run by brothers, let some sisters come in there and help you, man. You, you will find it invaluable, invaluable. And so that's that's my advice for any of these organizations that are out here, man, trying to do this work. Wow. We got to conclude, but I want to conclude with uh, another question about love. My office has made uh, love one another our theme for 2022. Mm -hmm. Was in a conversation with Nasir last night about the importance of letting the young men in particular know that they are loved as a starting point, letting know that they're cared as a starting point. Can you say something about the role of love in the work that you are doing? It is it is critical. Um, we start from a place of love. And what I need our, our brothers to understand is that love is not always soft. Um, love is not always, you know, this touchy-feely love. Love is your presence. You know, when you are present um, and you are supportive, you know, a young brother can see that that that's love. And and that's the love that they're looking for and, and, and seeking on the street. That's why for, for many of the young men that we deal with, they talk about their homies being more important to them than their families. Because uh, from, from their point of view, what, what they see from their homies is love and what they see from their families is not. Um, and so uh, we have to understand that love is consistency, love is presence, love is listening and sometimes love is rebuking like yo what you're doing is wrong man and i'm telling you that because i love you what you're doing is going to hurt you and i'm telling you that because i love you not because i know better and i'm trying to run your life or anything like that no i'm telling you that from a place of love but you can't have those conversations unless you first have a relationship you know it's hard to walk up to somebody you don't know and, and you ain't never did nothing for them and tell them, oh, what you doing is wrong. They're like, man, get out of here. You know, love is about your presence, about your consistency, about building relationship. And then from a place of love, uh, you can offer some correction and guidance. That's a hell of a conclusion. 
Thank you so much, uh, Solomon. I uh, really appreciate you, all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Obviously, you're invited to our mentoring conference on the 29th. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much. You're welcome. Love one another. Thank you. Thanks for joining this episode of Ask Art, and please stay tuned for our next episode. As always, you can find everything at SenatorHaywood.com. Thank you.